Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Susie Hagen of Forrest and Jodie Mitchell are doll. Have daddy issues that they go to tackle her doll. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. And what a week it's been. I mean, it's just hit me that it's very late at night now. (laughs) It has been a week, hasn't it? Well, the week started off with your book launch. Yeah. And um, that was very overwhelming. Turns out when people say, how does it feel? You've published a book. You have to just say, oh, it's so good. And not what I said, which was, I feel completely dissociated from all of my emotions because it's too overwhelming. (laughs) I ended up in a cab with a very, very, very drunk woman who was just like, you should be excited. Why are you not excited? Why be excited? And I was like, I feel nothing. I feel that. I will feel this when I'm alone. Thank you. (laughs) Sophie was messaging me like, the bottom just dropped out of the box that had all of the gifts from Scandinavian Kitchen in it. Ah! Terrible panic evening. <laughs> I had the, uh, the, it was the best night because Scandinavian Kitchen sponsored my book launch. So they gave me so much Danish sweets and crisps oh, and everything. That's amazing. So much. And so, it, like too much. So I, I had, had to take it all really, home. really cultured because I walked in and I was like, oh my God, Danish sweets. <laughs> um, and I knew that because you've given me Danish yeah, yeah, sweets yeah. before. But everyone's like, oh my God, like, well, how do you know, know that? It's like, I don't know. And then I took them, so I took them all home well with this played. huge box, which the bottom dropped out of. Um, and I, I took them all home. Then the next day, uh, I received a package, which was a huge box full of Danish sweets from Scandinavian Kitchen yeah, from my publisher. So now I have literally like a moving box size, <laughs> just full of Danish sweets. Like it's the, it's so, it's the best. Can I have another bag of Danish sweets? Yes. Thank you. But then you have to bleed my radiator. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'll come over on Friday. We'll sort it out. <laughs> I um, I I almost feel bad telling you this actually because it might it might be culturally insensitive. Uh, um, is it about Sweden? <laughs> you know how I hate those Swedes. <laughs> um, no, it's that I I ate my enormous bag of Scandinavian sweets that you let me came home from the event, but I left. Every single piece of disgusting licorice that there was in there. Wait, which one? Excuse you, do not applaud. <laughs> oh, get yes, out! It get is out. disgusting. Thank this you. Is, this is an anxiety safe gig, unless. <laughs> uh, which, which of the licorice? Which of the licorice? All of them. And uh, frankly, the fact that you even distinguish the little between balls. them. The little round ones. I mean, the salt. The little blue the balls sh- that I trusted no, turned out to be licorice. No, fuck the blue ones. The small, um, the small sort of like <gasps> bejeweled no, black one. ones that are round. Bejeweled. Also licorice. With sugar. Yeah, they looked they looked kind of shiny and nice. <laughs> they looked so nice, and I thought maybe they were like a jelly top. Ew. 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 Then why would you eat them if you thought it was a jelly top? Oh, good, delicious oh, gelatin-based okay, jelly okay. top. Fair enough. What did you do with it? Oh, Tony, please, please tell me you didn't throw out. Please tell me you didn't throw out or feed it to one of your weird animals. <laughs> Jody, I do please. have a lot of weird animals Jody, in my life. Jody, did you throw out? I don't know if I've thrown it out yet. I might not have done. Yes. Well, it's just, 
I'm not going to... I was going to ask my flatmates if they wanted it, so which I haven't done yet, so I don't think I've yeah, thrown it Yeah, but you knew someone who'd like and appreciate Danish sweets I you will, see on a regular basis. I will swap back to you the licorice that I didn't want for more additional, better sweets. So do you want me... Are you like one of those uh, famous divas who's like, I only want the blue M&Ms, <laughs> and then I'm going to have to like sit and find the, the pieces you like in my big bag of yeah because the things i do like i like the caramel um yeah obviously you like the caramel ones are amazing they're amazing and but like then there's the... another there's another wrapped up sweet that isn't caramel it looks like caramel it's also licorice <laughs> no yeah we make those ones just to fuck with you <laughs> Awful. <laughs> well speaking of um you let's go into the first segment Are you okay, hon? I'm Jurassic, mate. You're just the worst. Try to top that bitch. Wow, you really are a terrible person. Go on, I don't even get me started. I'm sorry. I know that in doing that, I was a terrible person. Mm. But what I really want to know, Sophie, is how you're a terrible person. So, Sophie. So I've, in in the book coming out, I've Mm. had to do a lot of PR. Oh, yeah. And it, some of it has been really great. Some of it has been atrocious. Mm. I mean, by the time people listen to this on the, on the, on the podcast, it'll have been a while ago, but uh, people who are here now may have, some may have seen, it was all over my social media, uh, horrible, horrible, fat-phobic, it's just terrible articles. Mm. It was the most demeaning, degrading things I've ever experienced with any press. It has been absolutely horrible. Um, so I was in this mindset on Sunday of just having battled with, well, the Telegraph, uh, released a horrible article. Um, there was a, I don't think I'm allowed to say, but there was a radio show that was basically a 40 minute long attack, uh, after which I was very close to just bursting into tears because it had been so horrible. Uh, my therapist said it had been traumatizing actually. Uh, so I was in this just like, and it's all about health, you know, it's all, all of these uncomfortable things with people saying basically yeah but why should we respect you because you're going to die real soon because you're so fat right so I, I was just so tired on Sunday and then I went to see uh, I was at the MacArthur Festival in Wales and um, my friend Mark, Mark Watson was doing a show in so there's a tiny little village full of that has an amazing comedy festival once a year so they just take the buildings that are already there and turn them into venues. So he was uh, performing in the school. I think I was performing in the church. So I was performing in the school, school hall. Uh, and then his green room was a classroom. And I walked in after his show. And on the wall was um, like just a bunch of um, like papers, essays that these children had been asked to write about the dangers of obesity. Now, you're not allowed to deface a school, (laughs) but (laughs) I found some paper and I wrote down some facts about how actually shaming uh, people is uh, also very unhealthy and unhelpful. And uh, actually, uh, stress is a much bigger killer than anything else and any marginalized group. Uh, actually do have a higher rate of uh, high mortality because it tears you down. So it's maybe not about fatness, maybe it's about discrimination and 
Uh, also, I wrote like Read uh, Health at Every Size by Linda, uh, Linda Bacon. We spoke about how fat doesn't equal unhealthy and thin doesn't equal healthy. And I was just writing down a bunch of facts and um, stapled them <laughs> over these uh, essays. <laughs> and there were a few people in the room with me, Mark including, who were just looking at me like, um, do, you want, do you want to think about this before you... And I was like, kadoosh, kadoosh, kadoosh. They're like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, one of them worked at the festival and was just looking at me with this, the last day of the festival, and he was just looking at me with his tired eyes, like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> but I was, you know. Kadoosh, kadoosh, kadoosh. It was very much up there on the wall. And, I mean, politically, I'm, I'm fine with it, but, you know, it's a comedy festival, and the school has been... It was a very nice school to let people do a show there, and um, maybe they're not going to like that, you know, this kind of very intelligent and correct graffiti <laughs> has been stapled up into the walls um, around this classroom, even though it was completely correct and um, justified, even. Uh, I feel, you know, I'm in two minds about it. I, I am kind of expecting an email from the festival saying... That wasn't okay. You're not allowed back. You have to apologize to the school. I don't know if I'm going to get it. Why do you think it was me? Why would you? (laughs) Just because it said follow at Sophie Hagen on Twitter. (laughs) I did not do that. But you know, maybe it's one of all the other comedians who talk a lot about health at every size and fat phobia and discrimination and how it's not unhealthy being fat. Um, So I did that. Mixed feelings. Uh, Mostly a, a big sense of whoopsie. (laughs) <laughs> but would I do it again I don't know probably not I don't know anyways that's what I've done and uh, I guess now it's out there so well for educating those children I forgive you we forgive you <sighs> thank you I'll just take that sound bit and send it to the festival if they <laughs> if they get mad uh, feels good. Jody. how have you been a terrible person? Well, I think I've mentioned this maybe in passing on the podcast before, but I, I realized recently how bad it is that I did this. And I just thought that I would actually dedicate the terrible person segment to unpicking it properly because I think I've scarred one of my <gasps> closest friends with this particular event. And I, I just feel like because of that, the event deserves a terrible person segment. So when I was 17, I went to a festival. I went to Secret Garden Party. Um, Actually one of the coolest ones, you guys. Um, Really cool. It's just outside Cambridge. Rad. And uh, it was, um, well, before it got like super, super, super big, because I think it shut, I think it shut down now because um, it just got more and more popular but Secret Garden Party like attracted all the people that were like I'm not going to go to like Latitude or Reading like that's so mainstream <laughs> um, but I still want to go to a festival really bad <laughs> so um, the vibe was very much like cool like cool hippies and uh, cool teenagers <laughs> um, so I went to Secret Garden Party and um, I was it was just before I left home for university so I was uh, yeah, I would have been 17 years old and I uh, I hadn't properly come out yet but my friends were aware hashtag the mullet days 
And I finally hooked up with a woman for the first time. Very exciting. Thank you, Secret Garden Party. <laughs> Don't know why I'm slamming it so much. <laughs> it blessed me with the joy <laughs> of an actual queer experience. Um, now, I didn't actually hear this woman's name. She said it to me several times, and <laughs> at no point did I actually hear it or remember it, because I was quite drunk. So um, we referred to her as Esmeralda. <laughs> and my friends still do. Um so she was 27, so I full-on lied about my age, which is obviously very problematic. Um, but I was like, I'm 25! <laughs> Absolutely not. I looked, looked so young. Um, and then she was like, how many people have you slept with? And I was like, I did that thing in your head where, like, you have slept with no one. Um, and so, oh no, I'd, I'd like slept, I'd slept with uh, one guy. It was awful. So, um, to the point where I, I've just discounted it. Slept, slept with no one. What, that invisible penis? No. Um, so I did that thing where uh, you're a young person that's panicking and you want to say an impressive amount, but you don't know what's normal. So I said three. <laughs> Looked more suspicious. And... Uh, we sort of like went back to my tent. I was like, "Come back to my tent." She offered me <laughs> offered me some MDMA. I was like, "I'm okay, thanks." <laughs> um, and then uh, we got back to the tent, and we realised that because it had been raining so much, like our whole camping area had flooded. And I hate camping. I think it is the scourge <laughs> of humanity. Like I just think it's awful. It's like if you want, I feel the same way about using um what do you call them uh fuck words <laughs> sophie help um they're not camp to. they're not camper vans they're caravans caravans i hate caravans why would you make something be as much like a house as possible and you could just house um and i every single because my family are like working class british people every single holiday they were like we'll go and be in a caravan <laughs> It's like, but I don't like lace doilies. Always decorated with lace doilies. Doesn't matter whether an old person has been in them or not. So sorry, I didn't realise that so much to say. <laughs> so I hate, I hate camping. I really like things to be clean and tidy, and there isn't space intense, and there isn't cleanliness intense, and you can hear people and drunk men wee on them, and it's all, it's awful. So we got back to the tents and we arrived at my tent, which was palatial because the way that I compensate for having to camp is I camp in style. So I had this fucking massive tent that I was sharing with one other friend, um, one of my best friends, Emily. And I've known her since I was um, 12 years old. She's one of my best friends. I would say she's more like a mum. That's her now. Um, can summon her. She's like the wind. She just arrived from Bristol. Um, yeah, she's like a mum. She's like a sister. She's always been there for me. She will drive over and pick me up from wherever she is in the world if I'm having a bad time. She's an incredible person. Um, and one thing that Emily definitely would never want to do is hear me have sex. Um, but I did that to her because I arrived back at the tent and was like, Emily! It's happening! <laughs> um, 
like a terrifying sex gremlin. <laughs> and I didn't provide any context because I, I was drunk and I'd accepted like the smallest finger of MDMA. Um, so it was very strange. I was like, you have to get in the other part of the tent. Because the important thing about this tent is that it had two sections in it. So it had the, the four-person sleeping section, and then it had a bit in the middle for like coming in, like a little hallway. And then it had a, a two-person sleeping section on the other side. Um, but what happened was, because the area had flooded, our friend Gertie had um, arrived as a refugee from the other tent that had flooded. And so she was in the two-man section on the other side, which was actually much more like a, a, a one-to-zero-man section. Very, very small. And we'd been using it as a place to put our bags in, so it was also full of luggage. Um, but this person had gone to the toilet, and I was on a very limited schedule to uh, get them moved out of the way before she arrived back. And so I was like, it doesn't matter, get in the pit with Gertie! And so I unzipped and was like, Gertie, Emily will be in here with you now! And like pushed them inside and then like zipped it up on their shocked shocked and worried faces and was like don't make any noise don't tell her you're here don't go outside the tent if you go outside she'll know and then I had sex in the other section and then Esmeralda left and then I let them out and they were they were really sad And I would like forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> I feel like, um, so how many, we're like, uh, about what, 400 people in here, and we'll all, um, <laughs> we'll all have a moment in the future when we watch when you tell that story in a stand-up show eventually we'll all have that feeling of yeah we were there <laughs> yeah we were there the first time just flashbacking to it watching the zip close but you know who would have left the tent <laughs> i do believe it's time for the daddy hole segment <laughs> Now it is my turn this week to um, to do the daddy hole jingle because you know we take turns, don't we? Mm. So here we go. Imagine there's no daddies. <laughs> it isn't hard to do. No one to blame for your trauma, <laughs> but no child support too. Imagine all the children not needing therapy. You, you may say I'm just bitter, but I'm not the only one. He also left my sister. He left both of us more than once. Thank you. It's really a song about hope. It's incredible. Oh. Shout out to my sister. 
who always listens on the way to therapy, apparently. <laughs> oh my God, does she? Oh. Have a nice uh, session now, sis. That's so nice. <laughs> Did you see the, what someone sent us? Um, that's, oh, how was it? I think it was two siblings where one of them had show, told their parents about it. Oh God, I'm going to slaughter this completely. Anyways, there was someone who had to listen to the, to the whole podcast with their parents. And then they sent a screenshot from their conversation where the sister had gone, you didn't warn me about the dinosaur porn. There's <laughs> <laughs> just so many stuff that these parents kept being like, what is this? I'm like, no. Love it. See you times ago. Unsafe for parents. <laughs> now, Jody, how, um, <clears throat> how did you uh, build your daddy hole this week? Well, as you know, I'm a really big fan of... Um, third wave coffee um, which is coffee comes in waves there's first wave which is the traditional way of drinking coffee in Italy the espresso just on its own and then the second wave which is combining milk with those espresso and more traditional coffee drinks like a, a latte a cappuccino and then there's third wave which is more experimental combinations using micro bubbles like a flat white or a cotado you know how it is piccolo, long black, those kinds of things. Um, now, I personally own a Chemex. It's my preferred way of making coffee. And so um, this week I did some some care of it. It's important to wash it out regularly, usually using hot water and vinegar. So I did that. Did it work? Did you come back? No. Mm-hmm. And Sophie, how did you fill your daddy hole this week? Um... I made, because I now live in my own place, I um, took full advantage of the kitchen and I made a roast, mm. a roast dinner mm. with um, Yorkshire pudding mm-hmm. and gravy and peas and uh, cranberry sauce and roast potatoes, um, just just for me. And did it work? Did he come back? No. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Which means it's now time to introduce this week's dinosaur. It's time to introduce the dinosaur. Which dinosaur? The dinosaur. Yeah, but which one? The one which we projected on our shoes. Oh, that dinosaur! So pretty badass dinosaur this week, you guys. Um, so this is called the Therizinosaurus. And that literally translates as scythe lizard. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, now, there's only one species of Therizinosaurus, and um, it's pretty interesting. So, usually there's like several species in the genus, but there isn't for this one. There is only one. And actually, the fossil record is really incomplete for it. So, it took quite a like, long time to build it up. They found the first. Um, fossils of it in 1948 and that was their claws their claws are the longest claws of any animal ever discovered pretty good claim to fame um now they're from the late cretaceous period so that's like decades ago yeah (laughs) ages 70 million decades (laughs) (laughs) Um, they have a very small skull. 
But hang on a second, how do they actually know that? Because they haven't actually discovered it. Really good point. Don't know why they put that in the Wikipedia article. They haven't ever found a skull for it, but they think it must be small because they found part of the neck and the like ratio that it declines at. They think it must have a small skull at the end of the head or just a really, really strong noodle neck. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Could be a huge skull on there. Now, they're bipedal, so they walk on two feet. They have a very wide pelvis um, and they look a lot like Big Bird. If Big Bird had a really long neck with a tiny head, that's kind of the vibe. But the most important thing about them is the claw. So the claws, and oh, you're doing really well, Sophie. It's, it's good. It's sort of like a decapitated rooster. <laughs> Wait, what, what's, what's Big Bird? Um, Big Oh, <laughs> I love the people are like you missed out on a really important part of our childhood. Um, Big Bird is a, a big yellow bird that features on children's TV, but you don't need to know about it. Yeah, it's also, I actually do right now. It's like if this looked like Big Bird. If Barney the Big Purple Dinosaur was covered in feathers, had really long claws, a long neck, and a tiny head, Shit. that's what it would look like. I didn't get the, okay, it's you fine. can do it. You can do it. I can do it. Um, and also, what I love about it is it has really small hands, but very long claws. So it looks like very, very sort of over-the-top camp in all of the drawings of it. The claws also are really, really straight. They're not curved. So they're sort of awkward claws. They sort of just hang there. Um, they are 3.3 feet long. That's pretty long. Um, and the four limbs in total with the claw are up to 3.5 meters in length. Now, I want you to get all these ratios right. I'll be checking later. <laughs> Absolutely impossible to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can do this. Okay. You can do it. Okay. Good. Um, they tapered gradually, by the way, the claws. So I want they to see. If they tapered very gradually what to does a point. Taper mean? It's like getting smaller, like a candle sort of tapers. <laughs> so I want to see that. I want to see that in the drawing. Also, okay. the dinosaur was about 10 meters long <laughs> from head to tail. Wasn't it up? Yeah, that too. Could be that. <laughs> and um, yeah, you're right, because it, it's, it's a more uppy bipedal. dinosaur than a long dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, bipedal. So it's on two feet. Yeah. And uh, it's five tons. So <laughs> you could do that as well. You could make it, make it 3D. <laughs> <laughs> looks a lot like a misshapen dick right now. <laughs> I'm going to try to not look at it. Um, now, actually, because the fossil record for this is really, really incomplete, there have been a few like random findings of fossils that have been attributed to this species. But it's been really unclear whether they are of this species or not, and it's taken a really, really long time for paleontologists to actually put a bunch of them together and start figuring out what the dinosaur should look like. For a long time, they just had the claws on their own. Um, so they knew that it was a dinosaur with the claws and they didn't really know much else. But things they do know about it, they think it was very bird-like because it had this very wide pelvis um, and the ratio of the pelvis to its arms, blah, blah, blah. Bird-like. So it's what I surmise from what I've read. 
important things about it. It's found in Mongolia. Um, and they think that maybe it evolved on a very cut-off island so that uh, the fossil record was kept on its own. That's why there aren't similar species, blah, 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 blah. Important things to go back over. No skull. No face. Fascinating. On an island on its own. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> Is it close? Is it just... <laughs> Show them what you have done. <laughs> yeah, how would you have done it? <laughs> this is the most confusing thing I've ever heard in my life. It's because it, it was on an island on its own. It's a very specific type of dinosaur. It doesn't look that much like other dinosaurs. Does it look special. like... <laughs> well, I have done that. <laughs> I have definitely done something that doesn't look like dinosaurs. <laughs> I just... It looks like it's... It doesn't matter. It's lovely. I love it. It's really good. What's it's like name? it's carrying the top of um, palm trees a little bit. It's this claws. It's really you good piece claws. of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've really been winding me up in this episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm I can't so sorry. What's the name of it? Um, it is the Therizinosaurus. Jesus. Therizinosaurus. I'm going to look how much you it looks like. see whether it whether I did I an get, accurate description or not. Internet down here in the basement. I'm going to win this. I can't get internet. Never mind. It's okay. Maybe it'll. I'm going to put this load. for people at home on Instagram, so you can enjoy exact uh, an exact replica. <laughs> a picture. A picture. <laughs> a photograph of what it looked like. Anyway, no face. We don't know what its face looked like. No one there to look at it. It's on an island on its own. Wow. The topic for today is makeup. Great. <laughs> so the reason why I decided to talk about makeup is primarily because I did a gig this weekend that was one of the most problematic gigs <laughs> I've done in a very long time, which is really saying something because some of the gigs I've done have included ones where men have been so drunk that they've shat themselves while I'm talking. <laughs> This wins, okay? Um, and I, te I texted you about it sort of as it was happening, I think. It was am amazing. Yeah. I think you did a voice message. Or maybe you texted me. Anyways, I was saying loudly, no. <laughs> Every time I, met, I heard from you, I was like, no, that did not happen. It was so bizarre. So it was um, a festival encouraging makeup freeness. I'm going to avoid saying the actual name. Um, when they contacted me in their original contact email, they said, please come and do this festival. I really enjoyed watching Hannah Gadsby's The Net. What? No discernible reason. And I, I think the reason why they said that was to reassure me <laughs> that they liked butch people. I don't, I don't know. But so it was it's very the, much oh, I, have a, I have a gay friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were like, I think you would be really good at this festival. I really enjoyed Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. Anyway, do you want to do the festival? And I was like, this seems odd. Maybe they just really liked Nanette and they, they want to tell everyone. Um, would you like, like to do my gig? I like sausages. Okay. <laughs> cool. Sure. That's what it was like. It was exactly like that. But like, oh, it was so strange. Anyway. I was like, go away, warning signs. I want this 50 pounds. <laughs> um, 
Um, so I agreed to do it because I, what I assumed was it was run by well-intentioned second wave feminists. I was like, they're probably really well-intentioned and the gig won't actually be that problematic. I was wrong. <laughs> so um, I read more about it and it, the thing that they were trying to advertise was um, going without makeup as a challenge to the beauty pressure that we exert on cis women. I was like, yes, that is a thing. Do we need to go without makeup? Surely choice is more important. Okay, it's unnuanced, but it's a, it's a, um, it's fine. It's like, there are other things you could be doing, but fine. Yes, great. Um, and so that all seemed fine. And then obviously I was listed on the website as female comedian, Jodie Mitchell. Yeah. It's like so unnecessary. So it's, unnecessary. So, it's a festival for women. Anyway, <laughs> it's like, surely, okay. Um, it was me and Sadia who were doing it, who's great. Sadia Asmat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's amazing. She's so great. Um, anyway, when we were, uh, arrived, the woman that was, one of the women that was running it, like, sat down in the room with us and, like, informed us that she's not a feminist. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I did wrong. So you can see the door, like, locking from the outside. <laughs> and, um... And then she, I mean, it's a really interesting conversation to have with people because what she basically did was she described intersectional feminism and then she said, feminism doesn't do that, so I don't like it. She was like, it's pointless to um, be a feminist because we can't have equality because people aren't equal. Everyone has their own context that they live in. So just like unnuanced being like everyone should be equal is ridiculous. And I was like, <laughs> that's the <laughs> point. <laughs> and then I ripped my clothes off I turned green <laughs> and I became much bigger <laughs> smash um, can I tell you my reactions to problematic I never read comments Yeah, I don't care about comments I just blog and delete if they're there mm. I mean not all of them like big heads but I've had a tough time this mm -hmm. week with people being the worst people in the world and I just started answering and um, I, it's, I don't even know it's, mm, so I try to not shame anyone but what I will say is hey Oliver uh, you're very very unintelligent and that's okay it's okay to be unintelligent you can't help that but then you unfortunately you're also overconfident so you think that there is value to whatever you say here on the internet and you're wrong and it's very embarrassing <laughs> and awkward for you so I would suggest that you delete your message because we're all laughing at you us who can understand what's actually happening and I'm leaving a lot of messages like that and there was one who just wrote this whole thing about why I'm wrong about something about health mm -hmm. and I just wrote okay Susan her name was Susan and uh, there was another one where I just wrote um, someone, someone put. Uh, this is where she lost me, and I wrote, "Oh no, I lost you!" No. <laughs> and then he wrote, "I am terribly sorry. I thought that was uh, going to be commented on my friend's wall, who she had this post. Uh, Have a very lovely day." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I find so much pleasure in going. Listen, this is what's happening right now. Mm. You're being very unintelligent, and the things you're saying are very wrong. I'm so embarrassed for you. I'm so, so sorry you're in this position. It's not your fault, but for your own sake, you should probably not speak on the internet again. 
they get so mad. <laughs> One of them was like, I am not unintelligent. I've been studying to be a fitness trainer for four years. I was like, all right. <laughs> I guess if it took you four years. <laughs> so then how to say and one, two. Anyways. Uh, anyway, so that was just my reaction to, um, I told my, my, I was told my, my PR mm. person today and I said like, oh, I'm getting all these messages and I've, I've answered these things. And then he misheard me and he said, oh yeah, that would be really bad if you did that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I already done it, mate. Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoopsie. Anyway, sorry, continue. No, no, I, I'm so glad that that's how you deal with it. I mean, I, when she first started talking about this, I, I, feel like it's important to not immediately be defensive or angry because obviously I, I have other friends who don't identify as feminists because of their experience in life making it like very difficult to deal with the more problematic parts of what a lot of feminism is which is like educated cis white women explaining things to other people who have had different experiences to them and like often being aggressive about it like I get I get that and so I withheld judgment. And then I realized that this woman was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what was happening at all. Um, and she told me that uh, something bad had happened um, that we need to be talking about. And I was like, what is it? Fool, I should never have asked. Um, the bad thing was that Instagram pressure on um, young women and the beauty standards on Instagram have um, forced young women to um, stop being women and go the other way quote unquote um, and they're choosing to look like boys instead and that's awful and we have to do something about that and I was like so is that what this event is about for you it's, it's about stopping young women looking like boys is that what you mean she was like well yes and thankfully I'd taken my amazing friend Rosie with me who somehow still has the energy to deal with this stuff and she was just immediately like my savior in denim and doc martens <laughs> she was just like i don't think that's what that is <laughs> no no um and there was such weight behind that no no and she dealt with it and i was so so glad that she was there she's amazing um but yeah i was just so shocked by it and i was like that is what I was worried about this event being like and I, I convinced myself that it wasn't going to be like that because you said you liked Hannah Gadsby <laughs> but all along you secretly didn't like Hannah Gadsby it's like Hannah Gadsby didn't fucking grow up with Instagram you uneducated piece of shit what the fuck are you talking about um, so yeah it was just bizarre and the whole thing felt so dissociative because in one room there was um a tantric ecstatic dance workshop happening and then in the other room there were like a thousand white women learning how to twerk and I was just like where is everyone's guilt where is your guilt stop that stop that I feel that like going around spraying people with water like stop that that's that's basically what white feminism is isn't it it's like you're right you shouldn't have guilt whoa more guilt more guilt <laughs> pull back some of the guilt please thank you it was just bizarre. And I, I mean, the whole thing was so strange because I was like, oh, you've kind of, is that why you've booked me so I can like go on stage and talk about my experience with makeup, but it turns out you're transphobic as well. So confusing. Why did you bring me here? It's like a weird trans person that you've brought me to. <laughs> Going to appear with like a whole benefit makeup pad. <laughs> it's like... 
look at this. <laughs> um, and then when I was on stage, they were super confused because I was like, I actually wear more makeup now that I uh, present the way I've always wanted to present because, like, actually I do, like, male contouring on my face, like, quote-unquote male contour, like, to make myself look more masculine. I was tr- I was making it accessible. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I talked about being a drag king, using makeup as a drag king. That really freaked them out. <laughs> really freaked them out. So yeah, the whole thing was just absolutely bizarre. <laughs> I was so glad that I had someone there with me to try and guess why it smelled weird. It smelled weird because they burnt so much sage in the other room. <laughs> the like tantric ecstatic dance workshop <laughs> and we thought it was gonna be like really um the description of it was like free yourself and we were like yeah. oh it's gonna be really like just do whatever movements you want like no shame like they'd all put blindfolds on and then they were all just lying on the ground not doing anything like None much more s- like static <laughs> static rather than ecstatic <laughs> it was very strange very very strange wow i'm i'm sorry that happened to you but you. but i'm also was a, a bit happy because it's a good story thank you yeah <laughs> that is absurd it was so strange because i was like i'm sitting right here like you're saying this to my face like you're not talking about me which i know like happens a lot it happens all the time but it's so i still find it so surreal when it happens i think i'm still a bit naive about it i just I don't see it coming. And then people are literally looking at you being like, you're mentally ill. And that's why you choose to look, you choose to look like this. And it's weird. I was like, how can you be saying that at a festival that's about letting people choose, like wanting people to just look how they want to look and not judging people for how they actually look. She was also so beautiful. She wasn't wearing any makeup and she was so beautiful, mm. so like normatively beautiful. It's like, you have no fucking idea. You have no idea. You also are ageless. She, she had a kid that was 25 and she looked 25. <laughs> it's like, are you a robot? Just like a transphobic robot? <laughs> Some like evil old, like 80 year old white guy sent here to talk to me. It was very strange. It makes me think of, you know, um, Jamie Windhurst, mm. who's a leopard leopard print elephant on social media they're this amazing non-binary uh activist marvel now i think as well speaker um they look incredible so they use makeup i don't know i bet there's probably a word for this i just don't know what how to describe it it's very colorful they have it all over their faces a lot of uh, glitter and colors and they're beautiful and um, they're always talking about how uh, they're very striking their outfits as well. And they're always talking about how people um, take pictures of them in the street all mm. the time, like without asking, without anything. Even when they they ask them not to, they'll still do it. And um, and that's of course awful. And I never doubted that that was true. But then they they started they were filming the people taking photos of them. And there was something about seeing it, just seeing these random people just starting to take pictures as if they were like a building or something as if they weren't a human being mm. and it's just such a because it's such a strange it's like yeah yeah use use makeup because you need to look this oh no not you also not this way also not if that's what you want to look like also you know there's all these you know makeup is such a cover yeah. for what people really want to say mm. which has nothing to do with makeup yeah, if that makes sense. And it's, I mean, it's a, the makeup industry is like 
often like high high street makeup is super problematic right like it doesn't like especially in britain i feel like it doesn't really cater for skin tones that aren't oh, white yeah, that skin way, tones yeah, yeah. but we could i mean we could talk about that for ages but one thing that really struck me at this event was um like the lack of nuance because obviously like make like makeup pressure is such a thing and i definitely still i still feel that mm. and i know that i mean you've spoken before in the podcast about feeling like pressure to wear feminine looking makeup because mm. as a fat person you have to you can phrase it better than me but like Probably you have not. to look like you're <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Quote, unquote, look like you're making an effort. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've, and I think since I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I've gotten fatter in the past two or three years. And I don't, I might not have been, but uh, maybe that's not the case. But I definitely, I don't leave the house without makeup. I've not mm. done that for a long time, which is weird because I had a long period where I could, and I did, and I, and it's all psychological. All this is always psychological. You know, your inner feelings about, mm -hmm. oh, I don't look good, or I feel naked, or I feel, you know, it's all feelings. But yeah, I, I feel like going out without makeup, or without, I don't know, wearing something where I don't feel like I look like I've made an effort. Mm -hmm. I feel very vulnerable, and I, maybe not, maybe vulnerable is the wrong word. Maybe it's more, not exposed, but just more likely to get shit. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a self-protection. It's not, you know, if that's what you said about not, it not being nuanced. Mm -hmm. You know, you're beautiful. Don't wear makeup. Yeah, but statistically, mm. people who don't wear, uh, people that, people that people perceive as being women, if they don't wear makeup, the statistics show that they will be paid less. They won't be hired as much. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, come on, just have some confidence. It's always like, yeah, I kind of want a job, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of yeah. don't want to be abused in this thing. Yeah, I feel that. It's also, like, yeah, everyone has a different context. Like, I just find it weird to dictate that no one should wear makeup. Like, that's so... I would never tell my girlfriend to not wear makeup. You know, she's super femme. She loves wearing makeup. Let her wear makeup. Like, and also, don't pressure her to wear makeup. I just... This is what I was thinking about when I was watching the tantric dancing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is strange. The world is nuanced. <laughs> yeah. I just, find, I just find it um, strange that we still talk about it in a very basic way. That is just more shaming of women, mm. usually. It's like shaming, wearing, shaming women for wearing makeup. Shaming women for not wearing makeup. Shaming people in general. Shame! Sorry, in my head I can now see the bell ringing. <laughs> But it's also very much a thing that's only set to and is only about conventionally beautiful white cis thin women mm. because any marginalized group that has the as, uh, the connotation the word lazy associated, mm. which is uh, the pro like fatness, fat people are just seen as lazy, which a lot of weirdly a lot of other groups of people also have that same connotation because that's a good way to make people think that you know they shouldn't be hired for things so if i if i go outside without makeup or in like with messy hair i could just get out of bed i'll just look the stereotype like oh you're lazy yeah. it became a huge thing in denmark a few years ago this whole get out of bed look where all these beautiful thin blonde danish women 
would walk around with like no makeup and this messy hair, and they just look like, oh, you're probably a model, aren't you? Oh, you just you came straight from the gym, and now you're on your way to your work, and she's so cool. You don't even need to wear makeup. Anyone else doing that is like, ooh, oh, they're lazy, slacking off. So it's like, yeah, great, you have your, yeah. Oh, it must be hard <laughs> being that. <laughs> I was just, uh, it's, it's a bit, yeah. That's what I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like maybe it's time for the bedtime story? Dino erotica is a thing. It's cool, we ain't kink shaming. In fact, we like it so much, we're gonna read some out to you now. Let's see what you think. It's another case of, um, I've not pre read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, a donation. Why do I keep saying donation? Submission. It's like a little, little, little online sperm bank. <laughs> <laughs> Another donation. It's from a listener. Anonymous. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Once upon a time, before God invented the steam engine and rent. <laughs> That's a small R in the rent, so I don't think it's a musical. Long before we became used to being nature's mistress, people lived in forests and had to learn and had to learn to cohabit with nature and one another. Yuck! But it wasn't all tree-hugging, eating apples, but not those apples, and birth, and birth by vivisection to make rib babies. For the world was also populated by dinosaurs. Not just the sexy ones you see in Hollywood, like the featherless T-Rex, but also their friendlier flying cousins, like the Archaeopteryx, Archaeopteryx, Archaeopteryx. And so we find ourselves in the jungle where Jenny had grown quite weary of Uck and Sock's advances. She tried to explain that even if she could be fertilized right now, she didn't particularly want to or need to. (laughs) Mood. And frankly, (laughs) them seeing who had the biggest stick to test the thickness of each other's skulls was not very convincing either, as what she truly craved was a nurturing partner to curl up with in a nest to watch our babies flapping their hands. It could almost be called nest flicks. Ah, and then it's, it says in parentheses, sorry, sorry, I couldn't resist. Please edit this awful pun away. Will not. We shall be punished. Uh, it was while she was out hunting and gathering, as Ark and Sark were too... Oh, I get it now, Arkansas. Anyways, we're too, bu- <laughs> we're too busy being manly that she stumbled upon an Archeropteryx sleeping in a tree. She saw those sweeping feathered arms, the gorgeous plumage of the breast, and those dark, soulful eyes that only the heartless could fail to adore. She had finally found someone worthy of her attention, and she found herself instantly squishing, in, squishing on the creature. And so she climbed up into the tree and found the soft nest of the Archeropteryx, and she nestled herself in amongst the feathers. But as she looked around, she saw no chicks and no eggs. But still she admired and called out, Oh, Archeropteryx, I do love your colorful feathers. Would you ever consider laying with a human? And the Archeropteryx turned to her. I've been alone for so long. Oh, this is the first time I think we've heard anyone speak. This is the first time we've heard a dinosaur speak. That's amazing. Um, I've been alone for so long as none will take a mate who will not mate. And as we are neither, 
morphologically nor temporally compatible, I can only assume you do not wish to mate either. Jenny gazed into those reptilian eyes with joy and yet also sadness. <laughs> of course, but I would so much love to raise a family of archeraptor chicks <laughs> with you, but I do not have a womb to grow them and would not ask you to find a mate you did not want. And the Archeropteryx rekindled joy in Jenny's heart with the single sexiest word, Parthenogenesis. Oh, of course our audience is like, mm, yeah, we know that word, Parthenogenesis. <laughs> and so she fell into the wings of the Archeropteryx who held her close. They spent many nights and days talking through each other's traumas and comforting their emotional needs without ever having to worry about how a cloaca could work. <laughs> Until one day, the Archeropteryx laid a clutch of beautiful calcified eggs lining the nest. And so, with happiness, Denny and the Archeropteryx nurtured each other and their clutch of Archeropteryx success happily ever after. Aww. Now, this is then a little note at the end. Hi! I'm an asexual trans woman, and one of the things that brings me sadness and confusion is both being repulsed by sex, but also wishing I could bear children. So the niche area of porn I'd want could, would probably in, involve cuddles, ice cream, immaculate conception, and probably a therapist. <laughs> While I'm sure there's therapist porn out there, I expect it's more time to give me your Freudian slip than... <laughs> Then, time to give me all your worries. Anyhow, for a little glossary, thank you. Squish is a non-sexual crush. Aww. Morphological is the form and structure of organisms and their specific structural features. And then we have the celebrity, parthenogenesis, a type of asexual reproduction that produces eggs but not clones. Part of, part of asexual reproduction that produces eggs but not clones. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'm, I'll learn this word. So next time I'm at a live podcast and someone says on stage, I can be one of you people who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic. This was so good. That was amazing. I'm thank you so thank much. Thank you for so, that in. so much. That's amazing. I've done a little um, drawing <laughs> of it. Um, I've got the trees here. And then this is the top of the tree. And this is the nice archeopteryx just flying away Aww. and here's and what was the name of the heron was it jenny oh yes jenny yeah here's jenny just chilling with the eggs oh what a nice bedtime story such a nice bedtime story give it up for jenny <laughs> and if you would like to submit some dinosaur porn you can go to secret dinosaur secret dinosaur cult.com and submit it now <laughs> there's a button and everything Shall we uh, do the thing of the week? Yes. The thing we're plugging this week has got that extra special thing that makes them unique. Like a triceratops which has teeth and horns and a beak. Um, so it is my turn to plug the thing of the week. And the thing of the week this week is best in class. Um, it's uh, Best in class is amazing. It's yeah. run by Total Powerhouse called Shan Davies. And the... Um, the point of it is that it platforms working class comedians um, and at the moment they are focusing on fundraising to get eight working class comedians up to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I've checked out the lineup and everyone on it 
this year is just so so good like charlie george is on it william stone is on it um shan is going up with them and it's just such an awesome idea that i'm so behind um you can donate to best in class if you just look them up online but you should also if you're in london totally go to the next night that they're putting on it's on the 22nd of june at two north down the lineup is fab it's going to be a great night it looks like it's going to sell out but it's just such an important thing to support working class comedians because the comedy circuit is just awash with ex-Oxbridge people um not that many of them aren't hilarious and funny but it is really really difficult if you're a working class comic because you have to give up so much of your time to gigging you have to gig every night of the week um, it's really difficult to balance working with that as well. And it, going to Edinburgh is so expensive. Like, you'll lose about oh my God. somewhere between five and ten grand. Yeah. And so if you yeah, don't, if mummy and daddy don't have a very big amount of money that they can use to prop you up, it's just the main thing or is the risk. Mummy and mummy. Or mummy and mummy. Daddy and daddy. You're so right. Daddy, 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 mummy. I mean, there's loads of different combinations, isn't there? Or <laughs> <laughs> just mom. <sighs> Hashtag my life. Daddy, can you hear me? No. Um, so, yeah, please go and check out the night. Check out Best in Class. Donate to it if you want. Go and see their events. Go and look up the comedians there and watch their shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, do you have anything you want to plug? I would just like to plug my all women and non binary comedy night, The Lol Word. Uh, everyone on the lineup is queer and no one is a cis man. Um, and it's always great. It's on at the Albany on Great Portland Street on the last Thursday of every month. Uh, tickets are up to five pounds, but they are, there are also reduced cost tickets for um, people that don't have a wage. And we also have uh, free tickets if you genuinely can't afford to come. You can just get in touch. So, yep, come along to that. Sophie, do you have anything you want to plug? I have a book out called Happy Fat. It's a book about why it's okay to be fat. It's a short version of it. I am currently on tour of the UK, doing my bubble wrap Happy Fat tour, half book tour, half stand-up comedy tour, uh, where I have an amazing support act called Amy Gledhill, who's amazing, so come and see that. I will be in Edinburgh doing my new show, The Bum Swing, at the Queen Dome at 7pm every single night. I'm very excited. Secret Dinosaur Cult will be at the Edinburgh Fringe. We'll be Hell's doing yeah. five shows mm-hmm. at the Bedlam Theatre. Different times, different dates, sometimes two in a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. It's going to be a weird mess, mm-hmm. but we're so excited. Yeah. So all the tickets for all of the events we do will always be on supergunnersofcult.com. Okay, thank you so much for coming. You've been absolutely amazing. Goodbye. You have been listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult. You can follow us on Twitter at Secret Dino Cult. On Instagram and Facebook as Secret Dinosaur Cult. Sign up for our newsletter on secretdinosaurcult.com where you can also find tickets for our future cult meetings. And you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Secret Dinosaur Cult is a Dying Alone Limited production produced by Justine McNichol, Jingle by Harriet Brain, and artwork by Gavin Smart and Annalise Napa. Thank you for listening. So much trouble!